Good morning. Well, here we are again. And we're here to worship our Lord and to focus on Him. And um, today, we're going to be looking at the book of Exodus. And uh, I kept trying as I looked at uh, this particular scripture to decide what was the best way to describe what we're reading and what we're seeing. And uh, there are multiple ways of viewing this uh, as far as what the real emphasis is. But I finally settled on worship gone amok. Now, I discovered that the word amok, there's an A-M-O-K as well. So whether you want to spell it with an A-M-U-C-K or an A-M-O-K, either way, it basically reminds us that they were confused. There was uh, some uh, lack of direction in their lives. And I, I hope you'll be with me on this in recognizing that we all have days, we all have times in our lives where we're lacking a little bit of clarity. We're lacking that focus that we need to really be in the will of God to the most effective way. And... Um, as we look at the testimony of the people of Israel at this point, I hope we'll not be too judgmental on them, but to recognize that they were human and they were just seeking satisfaction in ways that were not correct. And uh, sometimes, if you're like me, uh, I make those same kind of mistakes. And so let's, let's be very generous as we look at the testimony and the things that they went through. But when we start today, uh, the first thing, or the first thing we need to think about is, for us, when we think about worship, when we think about focusing on God, you know, this morning we have been singing, we have been giving praise, uh, we've been prayer, uh, praying together, we've been doing the things that we hope are appropriate things to make worship occur. Now, for some of us, if we're not careful, it becomes routine activity. But if we listen carefully even to the songs that we've sung this morning, the lyrics that are in them should help us to focus up on God and less focus on ourselves. Worship is something that it's precious because it shows a fellowship level between ourselves and God. And uh, so that's kind of the hope that I think most people would have for what worship is all about. But today, I'd like for us to think about Moses and the situation there and see what we can learn and how it can help us to maybe be a little bit more effective in our own worship styles. Moses and the golden calf definitely presents something that's a bit of a challenge. The definition and description of what can happen when religious people are led by improper motivations and feelings and preferences. Now, I think we need to recognize that this story is not about their society as a whole. It's about people that say they are tied to their Creator God. This is about a people that are the chosen people of God. They, have, they, they know they've been selected. Moses, their pastor, if you will, 
has told them over and over and over. And this leader has done everything he can to guide them and remind them of their history. To try to challenge them. And yet, they struggled with the question of their own convictions and preferences. And what I mean by that is, it's always dangerous to be guided by our preferences. What we find here, people that were not seeking full depth of understanding of their convictions, their Christian, or in their particular case, their godly, Yahweh-focused convictions that the Creator had given, but they began to focus more on their own desires. And so they found themselves easily swayed, seeking multiple different approaches. And they lived in a society that was changing. You know, if we look at their history, we realize that the people of Israel had gone through very significant historical experiences. We can go back and we can remember that this, this chosen people were aware they were unique. They had had Abraham who had guided them. Their history, everything they referred back to was Father Abraham, Father Abraham. They were proud of their history. But then they went through Isaac and Jacob and Joseph. They went through 400 years in dealing with Egypt. All of these things, all of these experiences, watching God guide in their lives. And yet, even though they knew they were special, they became confused. I think for you and me, something we need to remember too, even though we have become Christians, even though we say that Jesus is our Lord, it's very easy for us as human beings to sometimes get distracted. Let's consider the, the environment for the Israel people. The people of Israel, uh, it was not a secular society. They were a, a, a society that was surrounded by religious expectation. Moses constantly was trying to remind them of what they were to be like as they were the select few in, within the world. As they were chosen by God and had a special hand of God on their lives. We have a story in Scripture as we look at Moses of someone who cared for his people, gave all that he had for them, guided them in every way. He deserved to, to serve with purity and he desired to serve with purity and care for them in so many ways and help them to, re, to remind them that their God was not like the gods that were all around. Now, we need to recognize it was a plurality uh, of God opportunities around. There were idols everywhere. Gradually in history, these different uh, religious beliefs from other groups had, had managed to bring their idol worship within the circle, even of the Hebrews. And they were struggling with what they understood as most appropriate. Moses had assumed, though, that things were probably okay, that Ultimately, with Aaron's help, his brother, he could take a trip. That he could go away to Mount Sinai, go up and get the rules that God would have, put them on, on, on the tablets and bring them back. Surely being gone for a short period of time, these people would be okay. After all, they knew who they were. Well, did they? That's a good question. What was their problem after all? 
You know, for we have to recognize when Moses left him, he was only gone for 40 days. He packed up and he left and he left Aaron blessed and, and asked to be in charge. And Aaron, of course, had been with Moses day in and day out. Aaron knew the rules. Aaron knew what was expected. The people knew who they were supposed to be. What was their problem? I would say their number one problem was in the area of discipleship not being internalized. Number one was the discipleship was just not something that had been totally integrated into their very being. And again, this is something that all of us have a struggle with. We know academically what we're supposed to do, but we don't necessarily make it into the area of, level, uh, the area of application in our life. Application and relevancy. You know, relevancy for me is not just a theory that's out there somewhere, a nice concept. Relevancy really does call us to say what we know we must apply. It's so important. It's so practical. It's so much what God expects of us. We must apply those values within our life. They knew the facts of God, but they did not know how to make those things applicable into their lives. They had all of the facts to, to remain focused, but their hunger was for immediate gratification. To overwhelm, and that, that overwhelmed them with decision-making, the decisions they made, the, the, the choices that came were based on their own desires. They sought comfort food instead of that which was healthy for them. These people had for several hundred years been guided by God. Even as they escaped, the Egyptians went through the wilderness. They went through the, the dry, on dry land as they crossed the sea. They had experienced the miracles of God. They knew what God could do. And yet, they still were not fully dependent, not fully integrating of the teachings of the Lord. We live in a world today when everything is also quick and convenient. I don't know about you. I, uh, I often wonder what it's like or what it was like a hundred years ago. To, uh, you know, today we go to Walmart and you can buy anything you want and you bring it home and it's very quick and very easy. Whereas a hundred years ago, you'd be looking at something and saying, I think I could build that too. That piece of furniture, maybe if I could find the wood, I could be able to deal, deal with that as well. They had to think about things in a much more serious way for what they could make happen. And yet we live also in that kind of a convenient world. And that's what they sought. They wanted something that was quick and easy. The point is that sometimes the conveniences of our day really are something we shouldn't assume quite so eat so much. Um, people in history often understood hardships much better than we do. But the people at Mount Sinai, or the people at this point, they were very out of touch with the sacrifices that Moses, was making on their behalf. When Moses said, I'm leaving, I'm going to take off, Aaron's going to be here with you, you'll be okay, they didn't quite appreciate that he was going away for a purpose. Moses was going in order to get more instructions 
that they would be able to have a closer walk with God. But the problem for these people was that over time, these thousands of people, the people of Israel that had been camping together, had been through all of these travel experiences and trials and been under different, uh, different nations as slaves, had reached a point that they were confused for who God was and what He wanted in their lives. And so Moses, packing up to go away to get something, they thought, this is good, but we want it done quickly, Moses. Please go manage it, come back, we're ready for it. We can handle it. But they lacked appreciation, personal appreciation, for what God wanted to offer in their lives. Once Moses was out of the picture, everything seemed to refocus. Pluralism and secularism all began to come out again. And with Moses absent, there was nobody to hold them accountable. Now, technically, Aaron was still there. He was the man that could have done this. But there was some challenge with that as well. They had followed Moses and appeared to be healthy God followers to a certain degree. Now, Moses was not naive. He had seen all of the other idols that had entered into their circle. He was aware that some of them were having difficulty truly allowing Yahweh to be their Lord. And yet, he had hope and expectation that his going to get further clear instructions for what Yahweh desired for them was going to be worth the benefit of his being gone even for a short period of time. But Moses could have never imagined, never imagined that his absence as a leader was going to have the result that it did. He couldn't imagine the emptiness that was obviously in the souls of men. These people were left there, and as soon as he was gone, the sheep did not have a shepherd. Without a shepherd, they knew not where to go. Whoever knows the spiritual health of someone else? You know, in truth, it is. It, it, you can't judge me. I can't judge. I don't know. Down deep, when we talk about discipleship, what is your relationship with God? I don't know. What is my relationship with God? You only know what you see. Ultimately, that relationship is what guides my values, my morals, my character. My commitment. Those are the things that carry us on in life. That even though you may receive some kind of challenge in life, that you'll continue to focus on serving God, even through difficult days. That is a challenge for you. That is a challenge for me. Moses was saying, surely his people could handle it because Aaron was going to be there to protect them. But what kind, you know, do we ever, even as Christians, find ourselves being poor disciples? When it comes to paying our taxes, witnessing for Christ, loving other people, standing against injustice, praying too little for others, or serving our Master in other ways. None of us have got it all together. We all just have to. So when we come here, the goal is not to say, you, 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 the goal is to say, how can I support you? How can I pray for you? Someone saying, I want to pray for you is a blessing. Because they love you. They care about you. They may be just asking you to pray for them. Certainly, I want you to continue to always pray for me. 
I know my weaknesses. Some of them anyway. Have you ever known someone who has said to you, I used to be a Christian, but I'm not anymore. We call this apostasy. There are certain groups around the world that have that kind of thinking that would say, he was a believer, he is no more. Usually within, within especially within uh, Baptist circles, one of our arguments on that one, we, we tend to say, well, he um, kind of pulled away from his faith, but we would say he, maybe he never really, really made a decision for Christ. Maybe his faith was only between his ears. Maybe his faith was only in his knowledge. But some would say, no, I think he really was a follower of Christ, but stepped away. Abandoned what he once believed. Perhaps you know someone like that. For myself, I've known several people over the years that have been that kind of, whether or not it was that they were once a true Christian and stepped away, or whether or not it was just faith between their ears, Matters not. I just know that these people had pulled away, stepped away, had changed and denied their original faith. Discipleship had been between their ears. They knew what to do. They knew the facts of God. But the dependency and asking God to be the Lord of their life and all that they do was not something that they did. When they hit a difficulty... They surrender. As we look at the people of Israel, and we look at how they were acting when Moses pulled away to go up the mountain, another problem that they had beyond the issue of not having internalized their faith, their discipleship, was their desire for a physical manifestation. They needed something that they could see. They, you know, and, and, I, and I don't know how you are, but yeah, I like to see things. I like to hear things. I like to touch things. To know that it's real. To know that it exists. And that was exactly like that. And they lived in a day and a time when many of these other religions that were floating around, that's exactly what they brought to the picture. You know, really, the, the time of faith that we're talking about here for the people of Israel... Not unlike what we often think of as some of the places in India where they have many, 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 many gods. Many different idols. You can have an idol that covers a tree and that tree only covers 25 people. And I've been to some places like that. And that's just the way they think. Every place, everything has a spirit and everything deserves an idol. And that's really what the people of Israel, many of them had begun to reach that point. They just wanted to see something. And yet Moses had said to them, Yahweh does not require an image. Yahweh does not want idols made. He is beyond anything that man can touch and control. Well, it sounded good, but as soon as Moses was out of the picture, the people again began to struggle within their own emotions and their feelings and their desires and their hunger, saying, if I could just have something I could hold. 
They were afraid and sought to some kind of a worship answer for a physical universe that they lived in. They wanted the icon or object of worship to replace the God that was too theoretical for them. You know, it is difficult, even for us as Christians. At times, our faith, it struggles because we can't manipulate God. We can't control God. And there are many people, that's the very thing they want. They want to, if I do this much, He will do this much for me. I will take this action. He will do this. And there are churches around the world where you go there, you rub something or you pray for something, and then the expectation is, because I did this, this will come my way. If I do this much effort, I will receive that much care. And that's where these people were. It's not a natural. It was a hunger for gaining something. Again, there are religions. And today I'm not going to mention their names. That some people consider as Christian religion. But basically, theirs is how much merit you put into your service receives an equal amount of grace. It's not biblical. That's not what God says. And even from Old Testament days, even from Old Testament days, that was not what was being taught. But it was frustrating for the people of Israel. They said, but this is not, not what we want. It's not what we desire. It's not what we prefer. Now, I don't know how you are, but I'll tell you how I read Scripture. Whether or not I prefer it or not really doesn't matter. If it's what God teaches us, I, I am the one that has to compromise. I am the one that has to go and place myself under it. Today, the worship of the church must be practical and relevant. We know these words. We want them to be real. If we mention societal norms or legal standards, some will see this as inappropriate in a church. For the church's consideration is not where they felt that that's appropriate. But if we don't discuss these matters, if we don't discuss some hard topics related to what our society is pounding us with, Daily, as far as premarital sex, as far as people living together outside of marriage, as far as many, many other topics that I'm controlling myself on today rather than giving the list and having other people throw rocks at me. But it is something we have to be willing to say. And if you ever ask another Christian, we've got to stand strong. We have to point out that which is sinful. Now, nobody likes to talk about sin. Wouldn't it be nice if we could have sermons every week and everybody just walk out feeling good? Life is nice and oh my goodness, Jesus loves me. Isn't this wonderful? But the truth is, if you look at Jesus, we have to notice that He pointed out difficult topics. He challenged people often. But He did it in love. He did it to make people feel better, to be better, to care about God and to walk in the Spirit got to be our hunger. Brothers and sisters, if we don't hunger to be that kind of a Christian, we're already walking too simple of a road and we're following the same path that the people of Israel was. Because the people of Israel had reached a point that the, the discipleship, they knew in their theory, but they weren't willing to apply. And then at this point, 
they truly were demanding something they could control. And so the God that they wanted was one that they could manage. And so again, this is where we begin to see why they needed a golden calf. Now, I think this is a, a challenge for us to ask ourselves. What do we demand in order to worship? Uh, as, as we think uh, about this, I, I have to reflect about uh, two years ago. Pastor Sam and I took a trip. We went to Houston together. And while we were there, we visited a church. And I can still remember going into the church. It's Second Baptist Church of Houston. Now, it's, it's kind of like a Joel Olstein type of church. Now, what I mean by that, only in size. Theologically, it's not. But the building was... Our building, you could put... I won't, uh, you could put inside the garage, almost. I mean, it, is, it was just so massive. We couldn't even believe it. And they had multiple auditoriums. And they had multiple places... And, my goodness, you know, our church, when it comes to Bible study and us having small groups, we're always struggling around our church here trying to find, well, where can we put that group? Do we have space or not? That church, my goodness, even with the massive size of it, also had space problems because they had so many people going there. But it was huge. And Pastor Sam and I were just talking about that kind of a building. And we began to notice some things within the building. But the question that we both began to struggle with was, what would happen if they didn't have that building? You know, physical things that we obtain, whether it's a golden calf or whether it's a huge worship center, these are all things that we have to determine for ourselves what it's used for. That church by no means would ever say, we worship our buildings. No, they wouldn't do that. Now, the people in, in, of Israel, the reason they made the golden calf was to worship it. The reason they made the golden calf was to focus their identity towards something they could hold, something they could touch. But we have to be very careful to realize tools are used to assist us to worship God, to focus on Yahweh. These are tools, but the focus is still the same. The golden calf's focus was not to worship Yahweh. And indeed, with previous instruction, they already knew making that idol was wrong. They knew it from the very beginning, and yet they continue to follow that path. The third thing that I see today as a problem within their thinking, was the people of Israel had total disregard for the authority and leadership within their church environment or within their particular body in the camp. Moses had led. He had cared. He was the, the father for them. And yet, for years and years, he had become further and further away for many of those people. They didn't want to follow what he said. You just didn't go near where he was. You didn't have to hear what he had to say. And so some of what he said was just basically rejected. His brother... <coughs> excuse me. Wow, I never thought a microphone would help me talk so loudly. Um, 
but his brother also was there for a purpose to instruct and to help and to aid. And yet the people disregarded the authority of these individuals. In their own minds, the people of Israel said to themselves, they were mature enough to make their own decisions. We can handle it. We know that God has these requests. We know it, but we think a golden calf will really assist us. It's a type of freedom to alter their own worship, really in their own image. Because as they reformed their gold and they put it all in a package, the result was this they could control. Yahweh they could not. Yahweh would bring instructions, expectations, and hopes for their lifestyle, their standards, their outreach, their care for other people, relationships with other countries that they didn't like. Why follow Yahweh? We can't even see Him. And after all, Moses has been gone now for a couple of weeks. So he's out of the pit. We don't even know where he is. And so there was a real sense of lostness in their lives. And they were trying to find some stability. But where they searched for stability was really going ahead and simply saying, we are in charge and we will depend on our own wisdom. Now, we all know the story of Jesus at the temple. We, we spoke of it last week. When He finds people there doing things and that they should not be doing, and in the temple, the holiest of holy places, where the Jewish people would come together with a need, a desire to focus on God, they got there and found Jesus. Well, I mean, Jesus got there finding them doing everything they shouldn't be doing as they were doing business there. And Jesus shows us a righteous anger, a frustration and a disappointment, and an unwillingness to allow people to do that in this holy of holy places. That which is wrong. He just would not accept it. He would not compromise. He felt that the temple was a place of prayer, a place of worship, and could not be polluted by the materialism of the world. How we worship, what we say yes to, what we say no to, what we accept as is correct and healthy and valuable is really important. It does make a difference when we sing and what our attitude is. This morning I've heard a number of short prayers that have come during the music at different times in the service. It is so encouraging to me. Anytime I hear any of our brothers and sisters being willing to lead us in prayer and to remind our brothers and sisters, you and me, that God is why we're here. This is not about us being bored on Sunday morning. We gather together to focus our lives. On him. And it is important how we worship. And what we put into the worship needs to be considered carefully. The people of Israel made their calf for all the wrong reasons. Moses was off trying to help the people by getting more instructions for how we can live. 
how we can be better. And yet these people were back home doing nothing but focusing on themselves. Now I want you to think with me and I'm going to ask you a question. If you were Moses and you had packed up and for 40 days had gone up on a mountain and you had been exposed to the Creator God of the universe and He had given you instructions and He had given you tablets. Now, you know, uh, sometimes when I'm talking to people, they'll say, well, that's a good idea, but you know, it's not like it's etched in stone. We use that term pretty freely. It's not like it's etched in stone. It's not written in stone. Well, in Moses' case, that's exactly what it was. It was some, that's the reason he went there was to get highly valuable, cannot easily be changed words and ideas and bring them back to his people to say to them, look, this is what God expects of us. We are clear. We're not guessing anymore. You don't have to say we don't have any proof of what God wants. These are His words for us. If you were Moses and you had been off getting that instruction and you came back after 40 days, you know, I'm sure some of you, your number one request would be, is there a place that I can go get some chancy fun? You know, maybe your number one thing, I gotta find out where the Chinese restaurants are. You know, I mean, we're been off for that 40 days. Number one thing, they got some good food here. I'm tired. I want to get some good food. But Moses came back, and as he was coming back, what did he find waiting for him? You know, I think I think Moses' frustration and disappointment is as understandable as could possibly be. He came back and suddenly he looked. And he found this that the people that he knew and he loved and that he had hoped would be okay because they were in Aaron's hands while he was gone, he found that even his brother had failed. He got there and he looked at Aaron and he said, Aaron, are you kidding me? And you're telling me that this golden calf that exists is because you helped them to put their gold together to make this calf? Surely, I must have heard wrong. I think Moses' response is as natural as could be. When he came down and suddenly he heard music and dancing and people having a great time and he's asking himself, wow, for 40 days, it's been pretty intense for me. It's been a great intense time. It's been a spiritual time. But I've been focused. It would have really been nice to come back here and found the people praying for me because they love me and they're concerned about their own future and they want to see God work in our future. But instead, what I find is music and dancing. wonder what this is all about. And then finding your brother has helped them to go the exact opposite of what he's been being told to do. Before we judge the people of Israel, let us learn from them. They don't provide us an excuse for sin. Sin is real, but not to be feared, because Jesus forgives us of our sin. The Scripture in Romans 3 says, 
This righteousness is given through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. There is no difference between Jew and Gentile. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And all are justified freely by the grace through the redemption that Christ or that came through Christ. Without Jesus, guilt remains. Forgiveness is not there. With Moses, he came back to his people and he was so disappointed. But let us review. Aaron was left to guide the people and did a horrible job. He led them uh, to make the calf and then blamed them for their own immaturity. Moses knew that God was not blind to Aaron's sin. And later, of course, the Lord plagued the people for Aaron's actions. We should note that leadership must be careful, for God expects much of leaders. When I say that the third point of the problem is, they did not respect leadership and guidance. We have to recognize that, to a certain degree, part of that leadership was responsible for it. Part of it was that the leadership was not strong enough to say what is true and what is false, what is right and what is wrong. The discernment was lacking. And the people became confused. Now, when we talk about the church, it's the same thing. No, if the church says, this is something that we simply cannot compromise on. And everybody's saying, but I really wish we could. Is there a way we can compromise on it? Can we just say it doesn't really matter? Or, you know, that's a personal decision. And we, we're trying as... as citizens to be open-minded. This is where Moses is saying, no, there really, there really are not those things because there are standards from God that we have to live by. Aaron tried to compromise. He tried to be popular. He tried to make everyone like him. He met their needs. but there was a price to be paid. The people took less than 40 days. Think about this, brethren and sister. And I guess I should go both ways. The people took less than 40 days to start worshiping an idol made by their own hands. You know, idols, idols are handmade. You know, it's kind of always been hard for me to imagine anybody worshiping something I made myself. But you know, I remember a number of years ago getting on an airplane and was flying around in Asia, and uh, there was a group of about 20 people coming in from Taiwan, getting on the plane. And they were all carrying their idols. And it was a little thing about, I guess, about maybe two foot wide and a foot and a half tall or something like that. They were carrying their little idols around just like you'd carry a suitcase. And I remember, it was just a little train of them coming on. And I thought... Different. Haven't seen this one before. And um, gradually uh, began to ask someone about it. And they said, oh, it's, they're taking them uh, for a tour. And I remember my response was, uh, one more time? They're, they're taking the idols for a trip. So, taking the idols for a trip. Different perspective. Never thought about that one before. 
But sometimes we get confused. And, you know, that was the, the, the issue. They, there was a total level of confusion of what is true, what is false, what is reasonable, what is not. But the point about the idols is that it's something you can buy and manage. And if you keep your idol happy, then things are good because he's going to take care of you and you're going to be happy. At least in their thinking. But when, they, when we look at the people of Israel, they began to have people with those kind of thoughts integrating their thinking within their understanding of what it was to be connected to God. The people took less than 40 days to get totally distracted, but they were happy to party and forget their spiritual walk. But in chapter 32, verse 28, it reveals that God does not have ever never-ending patience because there are over 3,000 persons who lost their lives in punishment for this behavior. Brothers and sisters, lest we forget, I may not ever see, you may not ever see, we may not ever see each other's punishment for how we behave and what we do, but God ultimately knows what we are doing. He knows if our faith is real. He knows if our faith is between our ears or is driving our identity, is in our heart. He knows our relationship with Him. And it's our challenge to be sure that it's healthy. Actions bring responsibility. For them, what they did had a result. For you and for me, what we do has a result. What we say, how we treat other people has a result. Moses broke the tablets. After 40 days with God, he was vexed with anger. It meant that he was going to have to go back up that hill one more time. But in truth, Moses had been up and down Mount Sinai multiple times. It was not only a one or two times. But the thing was, we need to recognize, worship had gone amok because of the people's lack of full commitment to Yahweh as their Lord. And it included things such as their disrespect for the guidance provided by Moses, provided by God. It, 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 it happened because of poor leadership, admittedly, in Aaron and what he did in compromising in order to try to make people satisfied and happy. It happened because the people were simply not able to integrate their faith to the point that it changed their lives. Today we need to remember Psalms 19.14. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my Redeemer. Worship is important to us and it must continue to be. Worship must be positive. Worship must be focused. And we, especially as Christians, need to always ask ourselves, is my worship healthy? Is it because I walk with the Lord closely? Is it because I am His disciple and will do anything to follow Him as His disciple? Will I allow His teaching to integrate into my decision-making, into my 
goals and, and attitudes toward life? And also then, is it something that we can recognize that, that God truly cannot be manipulated by us? Having something that's physical that we can control it should never be our goal. Let's pray. Father God, we thank You today that Your Spirit can guide us. We thank You that we can learn from the testimony of what the people of Israel did in trying to find a, an answer that would make them comfortable, make them satisfied, make them happy. We can see what it is, we can understand it, we can relate to it, but it doesn't mean we have to follow that pattern. Father God, we would ask that within our own church, within our lives, we would have mutual love and care, that we would find joy as we serve You, and that we would give praise that indeed You are not limited by a physical uh, control. You are much beyond any of the controls of, uh, that, that we might find in this physical universe. And we give You praise for that. We give You praise that Moses was able to go up a mountain and to have fellowship with You. And that fellowship resulted in clarity of what some of your values were. Father, help us to learn your values, learn your goals, learn your identity, and learn what it is to have you as the Lord of all the decision-making that we have, that we might be your tools and your servants. In Jesus' name, amen.